hope you enjoy this week's message by our pastor, Steve Troyer. And that as you listen, your faith truly does come alive in Jesus. Awesome. Okay, let me just pray. I, I just really sense that God's going to do, He's going to meet you right where you're at right now. And uh, let's just believe for you. You get to, as we pray, you get to draw down from Him because He's a personal God. He loves you. And the testimonies that you've heard, they're not just for somebody else, they're for you also. And we get to share in the testimony. Isn't that great? So let's just ask the Lord to just come and meet us right where we're at. Especially if you're here this morning, you're feeling like, yeah, I don't have a testimony. I don't have anything that I feel is like what God has done for me. And I want that. You start to ask for it because he's going to give it to you. Amen. So Father God, we thank you so much. The testimony that comes from you is one that is powerful because it's, it's in the name of Jesus. It showcases the authority of who you are. It showcases your love for us, your goodness, Heavenly Father. And Lord God, for each one of us, we ask that we would be a people who not only share in the testimonies of one another, but Father God, where we seek you out in a personal way and take a hold of the testimonies of others for ourselves in Jesus' name. Father God, I pray for those who perhaps are here, they feel like, God, I don't know if you could do that in my life. I don't know you in a personal way, the way that has been spoken. I don't know uh, perhaps even the dreams or visions. This morning, Lord God, I pray that you would just turn something for them where they say, this is mine. I'm taking a hold of it today in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. The power of testimony. There's something about testimony that begins to speak prophetic words into your life where you begin to count on what God has for you based on what you saw in somebody else's life. It happened over and over in Jesus' ministry where somebody would come up to Jesus and would say, can you heal me? And they they come simply knowing that he healed others, but it may not be the same healing that they had expected for themselves. So I think of the very first person who came to Jesus who was leprous. No one else had been healed of leprosy before. No doctor could cure this. And yet they saw Jesus move in such a way that it said, because God moved in that person's life, I'm going to ask him to move in my life. Liz and I, early on, uh, we had friends of ours when we fell pregnant with Elijah. Uh, we had friends who had fallen pregnant just two weeks after us. She had lost, I think it was at two uh, children prior to that through, the, in the 12th week she didn't go forward. And uh, because she fell pregnant this time, at the same time we'd been praying together that, that um, they would go full term. We fell pregnant, they did. And then uh, about the 12 week mark she started to show the same signs again that she was about to lose the baby. She rang us, we came over and we began to pray. And uh, just, Lord, we know, here was the logic in my head. I know that you made it possible for both of us to be pregnant at the same time. Therefore, I feel like she is going to go full term. Lord God, make it happen, please. Well, a few days later, she reported she had all the right symptoms and she went full term. She had a little child and um, we're just like, God, that is so amazing. You did that. Now, I don't know if the child was dead and was brought back to life in the womb. I don't know. All I know is that God moved. 
Later on, when we were getting ready to plant a church, it had been several years. By this stage, Elijah was about eight years old, so it was eight years distance between these two stories. We had a couple come to our church who, um, or to our uh, team meeting because we were 12 months before we actually planted the church. And they were just coming to one of the interest nights and they said, we're really uh, glad for you guys. We're keen to see you guys go forward, but we're just not going to be able to join you because our heart is broken at the moment. We've been trying to fall pregnant for the last three or four years and we haven't been able to fall pregnant. And there's a lot of tears. Uh, we prayed with them. And, uh, and then two months later, now what happened in my, my mind was the logic was, I know God moved in our friends' lives eight years ago. God, I know this is not the same thing, but I know that it's similar. Jesus, this has to be possible. And we began to pray for it. Two months later, they reported we're pregnant. They had their little baby. They called her, I think, was it Talitha? Which, which means little girl get up or something like that. And um, so they, yeah, they called her that name. Ah, oh. Do you know, we've seen over 10 uh, people now who couldn't fall pregnant fall pregnant as a result of prayer. The testimony, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you don't have to get socks, Zach, to fall pregnant. You Father's Day, if you are here last week, you'd know. But uh, the testimony is so powerful. The testimony projects forward what Jesus did for one, he can do for another. Amen. If you hear somebody else's testimony, don't get, uh, don't get the mindset of that's for them, not for me. I'll tell you what, you won't get their testimony if your mindset is it's for them, it's not for me. Or God, you, you can move through others, but not through me. God, I'm not good enough for you to come and visit me. You heard the testimony of Leilani as she was saying uh, that there was this sense of which, God, I don't know how to move through this. Only you can do this. Let me tell you, that's the best place to be where you know, God, I can't do it. Only you can do this. But the testimony of somebody else equally becomes a visible sign, a prophetic word into your life that God can move. Amen. And that he loves you. And he so desires to actually move in and through you. I'm going to reread what Josh just um, read, Psalm 77. Um, he and I didn't talk ahead of time. Um, but Psalm 77, verse 10, uh, the psalmist says, Then I thought, just pause there for a moment, leading up to that, that part of the psalm, he actually says, God, all these things are happening that are not, uh, it seems like you're not going to move. It seems like you're distant. It seems like I'm in a place where you can't actually reach and then we get to this verse then I thought it's almost like hang on a minute I need to arrest where my thoughts have gone and I need to think differently to how I've been thinking anyone there needs to have that that rerouting of thinking where you're like I know that this seems like it's impossible then I thought to this I will appeal in other words I'm going to arrest those thoughts with the truth of who God is. The years when the Most High stretched out His right hand, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. I will consider all your works and meditate on your mighty deeds. And he goes on to list what those mighty deeds were. I will remember, 
I will consider, I will meditate. You might be in a position where you're like, God, I don't know if you can move in this situation. God, that family member, it seems impossible that you could change or reroute what's going on there. God, that provision that I need, I don't know if you can move in that position. I've not seen you move before in that way. And then I thought, I'm going to make appeal. I know who God is. Do you know his nature? It's totally legal to ask in according to his nature. Amen. When you say, I know who he is, let me just regather my thoughts again and begin to pray and ask the Lord for what he said is possible. I'm going to remember. I'm going to consider. I'm going to meditate on. There's something powerful about meditating on the works of the Lord. Amen. The power of the testimony prophetically speaks into your life currently of what God can do. Let's have a look at another passage. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 9. This is the instruction of the Lord to the people of Israel. And Moses records, he says, Only be careful and watch yourselves closely so that you do not forget the things your eyes have seen or let them fade from your heart as long as you live. Teach them to your children and to their children after them. Only be careful and watch yourselves closely. Do not forget. Keep a tender heart towards what you saw. They saw God move uh, at the mountain. Of course, they saw God move in the exodus out of Egypt, but he goes on to talk about how they, they actually saw and heard God's voice. They saw the fire of God on the mountain, consuming the mountain and black thick clouds uh, and smoke billowing from that mountain and a trumpet sound blaring like you heard this morning, blaring loud, but there was no recorded trumpet. It was from heaven, right? This trumpet blare, and they heard the voice of the Lord speak to them. And he says, I will not forget, or um, do not forget, do not let your hearts become calloused around this. You might have seen a miracle or heard a testimony. Perhaps you've even received an answer to prayer yourself, and uh, you've forgotten all about it. You've You've not spoken of it. You've not allowed it to become something that's spoken again. And parents of children and grandparents of grandchildren, can I say, tell the testimony of what God's done in your life. Keep on sharing that with your kids. Make sure they know the breakthroughs you saw. Make sure they know how God has moved. They need to hear the testimony. Because it's going to influence how they respond to the Lord. Amen. I'm so grateful in this church there are kids here who think it's actually normal to pray for the sick. Who think it's normal to hear from God that He wants to speak to them. That was not my upbringing. I didn't get any of that growing up. But here is this uh, testimony that's being spoken over and over again where they actually find actually God wants to speak to me. God wants to, it's because you've chosen to remember. You've chosen to retell the testimony of who God is. 
When we don't share the testimony, let's have a look at Nehemiah chapter 9. Nehemiah chapter 9, verse 17. Nehemiah says, They refused to listen and failed to remember. It's almost the antithesis of what we've just read in Deuteronomy. They failed to remember the miracles you performed among them. They became stiff-necked and in their rebellion appointed a leader in order to return to their slavery. But you are a forgiving God, gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love. Therefore, you did not desert them. They refused to listen and failed to remember. Their hearts became calloused. They became stiff-necked. This is what happens when you don't... You see, you can see a testament. You can see a miracle of God and you can still say that must have been by chance. That's something that uh, perhaps is for them, not for me. And you, you end up discarding it. You become calloused of heart. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law, they saw Jesus heal the sick. It was evident, even in Acts, which we spoke of just recently, where Peter and John uh, healed a lame man who couldn't walk. They couldn't argue the fact that this man could now walk. It was evident. They knew who this guy was. And yet they could not reconcile. Their hearts were calloused. They could not reconcile the testimony that came from Jesus. The prophetic word sits in the testimony. When you hear a testimony, it's, it's a prophetic word for what God can do in your life. Are you with me? This is really important. Because as you take a hold of the testimony, you're actually declaring what God can do in your life. Amen. We need to declare it to each other. Now, looking from the other end, Revelation, and this will be the last scripture we look at um, because we're coming to a close. Revelation chapter 19. This is, a, this is an interesting testimony because it's a testimony within a testimony. It's almost like um, Inception, the movie. I don't know if you've seen that. A dream within a dream. And... Uh, John, he, he has a vision. He gets caught up into the heavens. He hears God speak. Uh, he hears from an angel and uh, gives a, a really clear uh, vision of what is about to take place. And uh, Jesus actually downloads words to the church. And the, the words that are given to the church are, are basically stay the course. Keep moving forward. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Get back to your first love, which David shared this morning. And then he goes to share with them why this is so important and tells them the end story so that you don't, uh, you don't forget that you're on the winning side. What you're in at the minute uh, is not the end story. And so this testimony that, um, that John has, he gets right up to the close of his vision. And in chapter 19, he hears a multitude in the clouds begin to shout and they shout hallelujah. In other words, uh, save us. Or this declaration, God, the salvation's coming from you. You are the one who, and as a praise point, God, you're about to save us. And he goes on to say, uh, he hears them talk about how Babylon will fall. It's, the, it's a 
picture of the very last enemy to defeat before Jesus comes to reign. And this is the closing chapter before Jesus comes to reign. But he's seeing this in a prophetic vision. And then within the vision, he sees uh, shouts from 24 elders and four living creatures. They bow at the throne and they begin to say, Amen, Hallelujah. And then a voice comes from heaven and declares, Praise our God. It's like when they hear of what just takes place, you've got to understand that within the vision is a prophecy still of something yet to come. John is prophesying about what's to come, but within that prophecy is a prophecy of something that's yet to come. Are you getting this? So he's seeing what's about to come, and then he says, so everyone who hears this should praise the Lord. Because you should take notes. What's about to take place is the close of this chapter, the chapter or this era of time. And then he says, a loud shout comes, a thunderous shout. The wedding is about to take place. The wedding feast, his church, the bridegroom, Christ. The wedding feast is about to take place. Now, all of this is projecting forward. This is about to take place. Anytime God's about to do something, He loves to shout it out first. He loves the testimony to be there first before it actually happens. He'll always let you know about what He's about to do, even if it's a cupcake. He's going to let you know. And so He takes note. This is what's about to take place. And then in the moment... Uh, before this, in fact, John is asked to write down, blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. And so there's, it's like uh, John, the people who are reading what's about to take place, they need to know that they're going to be blessed if they come into this wedding feast. And at that moment, it's such a culmination of all the chapters, of all the, the visions that he's had, that he actually falls at the feet of the angel and begins to worship the angel. I think it just all overcomes him when he realises, God, you're about to do something incredible. This is the close of what you had in mind to do. And, uh, and so he falls at his feet. At that moment, the angel says, get up, worship God. You and I, in fact, I want to read this to you. This is interesting. Verse 10, at this, I fell at his feet to worship him. But he said to me, don't do that. I'm a fellow servant with you and with your brothers and sisters who hold to the testimony of Jesus. In other words, your job, John, and my job as an angel is exactly the same, to hold the testimony. The testimony will bring about the praise of God. But your job, John, my job is to bring the testimony. Then he says, worship God, for it is the spirit of prophecy who bears testimony to Jesus is the spirit of prophecy who bears testimony to Jesus. In other words, the testimony that you're hearing right now of what Jesus is about to do is a prophetic word, but it is also within the testimony there is always the prophetic. Now this prophetic word was not just about what was to take place, but it was to actually inform how to live for Christ now. 
the testimony of somebody's previous work that God has done in their life is to encourage you right now to, to keep firm in Christ. The testimony of what Jesus will do in the future is to keep you firm in your walk with the Lord and to praise Him ahead of time before it actually happens. We need to be a people who not only share the testimony, but learn to praise God before the breakthrough comes. There's a great psalm where David says, Awaken my soul. I will awaken the sun, the dawn to rise. In other words, my proclamation of praise is going to awaken the very next thing that I can't even see yet. But God, you're going to move. I wonder if you need to awaken something here this morning. Maybe there's some things that you know that God has placed on your life and you haven't even seen it come into fruition yet. But I'm, I'm going to ask you, awaken. That prophecy has Jesus all through it, ready to go, ready for you to take a hold of it. Church, when we first started um, 14 years ago, in fact, 15 years ago, Liz and I, we knew that we were to plant a church. We asked all of our friends that we'd done ministry with before, we asked them, would you consider coming and joining us? And uh, each one of them, they went and seriously prayed about it. They came back and said, I don't think God's called us to go. And so Liz and I were at a point where we're like, I don't know what to do. Like, how do we build a team? And we talked to our pastors and they said, uh, well, how about you share with the church what God's placed on your heart and then just see what God does. And it was precisely the thing I didn't want to do because I felt like if we put out the... The call, you know, this is what God's placed on our heart. Then some crazy people would come out and go, yeah, we'll go. They're like, no, sorry, not you. Anyone else? Anyone else? You know. Um, and so I didn't really want to have that conversation. And, um, but we trusted the Lord. And as we put it out, uh, the very first week, uh, about a dozen, including kids. And then the next week, another dozen. And they all showed interest. And uh, many of those stayed on, plus... The, uh, over time, we had people added to the number. One of those ladies was Diane Sharp. Anyone remember Diane? There's only a few of us now who, who remember her. But Diane uh, was a unique gift to us as a church because she was an intercessor and she loved the Lord. She had a prophetic heart to, to search the Lord out. She's the kind of lady that whenever I had a, a vision or um, a word from the Lord, she would, as we're praying, she would declare, I've just seen a vision. And it was exactly the same vision that I had seen. I'd be getting ready to preach. And just like Josh did this morning, and um, a few of you actually, the preaching was already being done by Diane in the prayer. Uh, she already knew. And it was just like God just placed this lady with us to encourage me. Praise God. <laughs> I needed it. But she was such a blessing to our church. And I see God move like that. I know that he's raised that up again here that he's doing that amongst you. It's not just my story. I believe that's happening amongst you as a church as well. Early on in that first 12 months, as we're getting uh, ready to launch, uh, we had one guy give his life to Christ, and that was extremely exciting for us. Um, and then we had uh, in our PAR group, um, Andrew Soper and uh, Matt um, Allenson was part of my PAR group. Matt had a... Matt's up the back, I, I can't see him, but he's doing uh, lunch for us today. He had an a open wound um, on his belt line that he'd had surgery for. He had to go in deep tissue to actually close it up and stitch it up. 
and it had opened up again and he knew he had to go back in for surgery. And so as a par group, we began to pray into this and I felt the Lord say, he's going to heal him, but not yet. About three months went by as we're praying and then at a par group, as we're meeting, uh, I felt the Lord say, he's going to heal him now. So we had never really seen a great deal of healing at that point. That was fairly new for us. I had seen you know, some headaches healed, maybe two weeks later, some other things healed and that kind of thing. And you know, it wasn't anything flash. And so this was a big step for us. And, uh, and so as we prayed for him within the week, the wound closed up and he never had to have surgery again. And we were just like, God, you're so good. Even the way that we got our house and then even the church facility where we ended up in Elibana, it seemed like a closed door and God opened that door. Church, I just want to encourage you, the power of the testimony, we've got a lot of things to face coming up as a church. A lot of them are going to be good things. Some of them are going to be um, you know, costly things for us to face. But I just want to encourage you, we've seen God move in the past. We've seen him move now. And so it's not too hard for him to move tomorrow. Let's use that as a prophetic word for our future because the power of the testimony is that Jesus was in that and so he'll be in the next. And so that's what I want to leave with you this morning. And so how about you stand? I think we've gone over time, so we won't do the game, Lou. It's okay? Yep. Okay. Awesome. Let's pray. Father God. We ask that you would come and just bring, Lord, just a, uh, again, again and again and again, the story of your Spirit at work in each person here. Father God, where they don't just know of you as a, a testimony from others, but Lord, they hold firm to the testimony and call it their own, knowing that the same Christ who served another serves them and that we serve you, Jesus. And the, uh, the, the struggle or the, um, the work that we're meant to do, as Leilani said earlier, is actually to just keep firm to who Jesus is. And so, Father God, I pray that you give boldness, that you give strength, that you would actually lead uh, young people, older people, to have a fresh revelation of you. Father God, that you would come and stir story upon story, that within households, there would be testimony upon testimony that it would be the first thing that we go to is to say, Jesus, where are you in the midst of this? Hang on, I thought. I'm going to appeal to this according to who God is. Father God, would you come? Come and move powerfully where there seems to be uh, an area of being stuck, an area where we know that it seems it's impossible unless you move, Lord. Father God, we ask that you would come and bring faith in the midst in Jesus' name, that every single person here would see uh, the name of Jesus elevated within their own walk in Jesus' mighty name. Make us lights of the kingdom to our peers, to our friends, to our uh, family in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks heaps for listening to this week's message. Find out more about what's happening in the life of our church and how you can join in with all the fun. Head to newvinelengths.com.au or find us on social media. Have a lovely week.